It came from New Jersey, episode nine. Um, this is the podcast where we discuss music from New Jersey. Um, if you're familiar, I think, uh, you know, not much explanation is necessary, but if you're new, um, we are kind of exploring albums that came from the state of New Jersey, all genres, all over the place. Some things we're familiar with, some things we're entirely unfamiliar with. Um, so it's it's always a fun journey. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Pete. And I am your other host, Bob. How's it going, Pete? It is going pretty well. Um, <laughs> I don't know. What's going on with you? Uh, uh, well, uh, today was a very odd day for me because I didn't really leave my house at all, which is hard for me, you know, even in uh, the uh, trademark, uh, these crazy times we're living in. Um, it's uh, I usually get out and even if I go for a walk or do something. But today I was homebound with a few projects most of the day and and looked up before we recorded and went, huh. I uh, I really haven't been outside much today, so so I'm a little off kilter. But I think I'm going to be able to power through and 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 uh, talk some New Jersey music uh, just as just as eloquently as if I had been lounging around outside all day. <laughs> it is definitely it's it's a different beast when you sit inside all day. I mean, I have a day job and I've been working inside now for a long time and you know, my, my little office in my house and actually where I'm recording now is it's, it's actually in the basement of my house, oh, but I yeah. have uh, a little window that's like right above me that I can see to the outside. So it's always strange because, you know, I'll know that it's a nice day out and I just imagine everyone, you know, sitting outside in their hammocks or at the beach or whatever they're doing. Um, but I'm just kind of like peeking up through the darkness, you know? Oh yeah, it's um, it's a reminder that the mo- the world is moving along without you, but uh, but yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, and it's it's the um, old adage: the person sitting behind the desk is wishing they were working outside all day. The person working outside all day is dying to sit down in air conditioning all day. So uh, the grass is always greener. That's, the grass uh, is always greener. It's more true the older I get. So you know. There's that. I don't. I don't disagree. So, uh, so what do we got on the docket for today, my friend? <laughs> so today we're going to cover an album by um, Halsey. Um, the album is called Manic, and this is my pick. The reason I chose it is because um, I felt like we hadn't covered. We've covered some more contemporary albums, you know, like I think records that came out in the last two to three years. Um, but this one actually came out in January of 2020. So it's like super current. Um, we, at this moment, you know, it's, uh, July of 2020. You might be hearing this in possibly August of 2020, but, um, that being said, you know, I wanted something really current. Um, she is huge, you know, like one of the biggest, um, singer songwriters from um new jersey currently um possibly in pop music in general um so and i know that it was actually it was a record that got a lot of press i think she you know historically had written songs from the perspective of her kind of alter ego which she called halsey um yes. and this is kind of the first record that she had actually written from, you know, her actual self, you know, like without so, any sort of alter ego 
um, you know, perspective going on. So I thought it would be an interesting record. Um, I had heard about her, you know, I think I heard of her in like 2015, 2016. I was working for a company um, that distributed, um, you know, records and toys and things like that. It was basically like, um, like an online, it was like an e-commerce platform essentially. Right. Right. And I worked with a girl there and she was younger than me and into, you know, much, you know, newer, cooler music than I was. And, uh, <laughs> yep. she was all about Halsey and I was like, who's this Halsey girl? I should check her out. And, uh, you know, I, I listened to a few tracks, but honestly, I'd never listened to a full album until now. So I'm excited to jump into it. Had you had any exposure to Halsey prior to this? Um, so I had, I knew the name, but did not know the sound at all, really. Um, and upon listening to the album Manic, I was like, oh, this single without me is huge. And it's kind of, um, if you. I don't know. I don't even know what the right parlance is for this, but like in the same way as there were songs that were unescapable, you know, in ye olden day, the songs maybe right there, like it's borderline unescapable. Like it was just everywhere. Like immediately when the chorus hit, I was like, Oh, tell me how you feel. Like I was like, Oh yeah. Like this is, yeah, I know the song because yeah. it's just everywhere. Other than that, I only knew the name and I didn't know, it was one of those things where you know the song, but you don't know who's doing it. So, uh, otherwise, totally zero exposure. Yeah, cool. I like and that. This I is, mean, this is a New Jersey artist. Yeah, um, Edison, Edison, New Jersey. How about that? Um, so yeah, like um, going in. What did you? Okay, had did you know? Uh, her material before this, because this is her third album, if I'm correct, right? Yeah, third album. Um, I wasn't super familiar, no. So, I mean, for me, it was, I kind of, I think I, I knew the general vibe, um, but I didn't really know what I was in for, um, you know, really as an album. I didn't know. I, I Basically, I knew just through the press of it that I that it was a more experimental album. And I actually, I saw right. an interview with her on the um interview show called hot ones i don't know if you're familiar i'm not tell me about that so hot ones is a uh, it's a youtube show um where the people being interviewed have to eat hot wings um and as the interview goes on the the hot sauce gets progressively hotter oh wow so it's it's a really it's a really great premise for a show i think i mean honestly if anyone ever wants to watch the Eric Andre interview on that, it's like probably one of my favorite things ever. I've watched it a million times and recommend it to everybody. Um, because you know, when people are dying over hot sauce and can't really feel their tongue, they have, they have a hard time answering like hard hitting interview questions. So it's, I think it's hilarious. It's great, but she was on it. She was great. Um, I thought she was interesting. So it's one of the things that kind of spurred this, uh, this episode. Nice. I like that. I like that. Um, yeah. Um, but she had talked about in that interview how this was kind of a different album for her. Um, so I was interesting. You know, I, I'm always interested, I think, when... And, you know, I don't know if she'd even like me calling this a pop album, but I think that oh. she is... I would classify her as generally a pop 
artist. Um, whether this is a pop album, I'm not entirely sure, but um, all that being said, she was definitely trying to step away from that in this album. Um, so it, it was interesting. So that brings me to my, my big question here. Is this, this, I'll make it a statement. This is a pop album, right? I think it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I I understand. I actually think I can see, one, the reasons an artist would want to not be like, yeah, I'm a pop artist. And two, why creatively um, there would be a pull to be doing different things. Um, But... Hmm. And then, then let's pivot. Since we both decided, yes, this is a pop album. Um, does does an album being a pop record automatically make it less than or not as good as something that is more uh, that is not labeled pop music? No, not at all. But I think I think to me the difference now though is it really ends up being like a business thing where I think that if it's a pop album and it is kind of generally thought of as such, it's going to be rolled out differently. You know, people are going to be introduced to it differently. Um, yeah. And I say that because this album, there were singles rolled out over, I think it may have been like a seven month period of time. Right. Um, so by the time the album comes out, there are a lot of really popular songs that are already kind of out there in the ether. Um, and, you know, we've touched on this before, but we're old men who like to <laughs> think about albums. Most yes. people don't think about albums. So like at that point, you know, when a record is rolled out, it's more or less a collection of songs. You know, it's, it's, that's right. It's a number of singles that you've heard before. And then it's, you know, a number of songs that you haven't heard, but that are kind of there to, I, I don't want to say fill in the gaps because I don't want it to, that sounds like offensive in some way. And I don't mean it to right. be like that, but like, um, you know, the heavier hitters have already been out there before, you know? That's um, right. And, and I will say this. I think that, um, I think that with pop music uh, in the more modern parlance of that, it has often been looked at as a collection of songs, a collection of singles, and less like a... It's looked at a collection of short stories as opposed to a novel. Um, and, you know, I think that's the failings of somebody who got into music through classic rock or rock music or or any variety of subgenres is that you are looking at a record as a novel. And in reality, it doesn't have to be that. It can just be a collection of, of little stories. Each song can be its own. Yeah. And so thankfully going into this week's episode, I kind of gave it more of that ear um, because I felt it was, a, I, th- I thought it was more appropriate when I was listening to this. After I listened to it the first time, the very first time I listened to Manic, I had my, my grandpa album ears on. <laughs> but after that I went, okay, wait a second. They're, huff- me- they're tough to take off. Oh God! Yeah, I have to pry them off with a spatula, um, and and so what? What does that even look like? You know, what it looks like is that you're a little less concerned with song to song flow, um, even though 
to be totally fair to this record, I don't think it totally fails at that, but it's with pop music, it is a lot more disjointed than, than you'd find on, on records that are more specifically aimed at that. Um, and you kind of, you, you try to have a short memory. You go, okay. Yeah. Next song. Yeah. Okay. Next song. And, and try to let them stand on their own. And, you know, I was able to do that in varying levels of success with this record. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do think that there was actually like much more of an attempt on this album than I see in like your average pop album to like tie it all together in a, in a neat little bow. Um, and I also want to say like, you know, when we say pop music, uh, don't take that the wrong way. I mean, there's like a variety of influences on this album and I don't mean to say that it's all just like, you know, typical, you know, electronic beat with yeah. like some catchy hook chorus. Cause it's definitely not that actually, you know, no, it's not, it's not that at all. But, um, I also, I mean, I think it's perhaps one of the strengths and, and Pete, why I'm very happy to do this kind of podcast with you is that I don't think either of us necessarily hear the word pop music and, and, uh, shy away or get shunted or, or feel the type of way about it immediately. And if, if you do, please. No, I don't me. at all. I mean, like, it's, it's honestly one of the reasons that I was interested in doing this podcast. And, uh, I, uh, how do I say this? I'm really interested in pop music to be just because I always want to know what the kids are listening to, <laughs> um, <laughs> which makes me sound so old, but I, I honestly think it's so interesting. You know, I mean, I think that like some of the most interesting music is always going to come from people in their teens and twenties. Um, and Absolutely. the music that comes from people in their teens and twenties is something that people over that age are just like, I'm sorry, but are incapable of doing, you know? Um, well, well, and, and, and is they're incapable of doing. And what you find is as the older you get and, you know, we're not grandfathers here. I am actually a father, but, but neither <laughs> of us is actually old by any, any standard except that of, of like underground music essentially. But yeah, but that said, what you find is that popular music in general, like what is the biggest thing that, you know, people in their teens and early twenties are into by the time someone's 10 years older than that, they're starting to be like, eh, I don't get it. I don't like it, et cetera, et cetera. And, right. and that's not everyone, but that's a lot of people. And I know that's never been your energy. It's never been my energy because so much of this stuff can be really vibrant and bright, whether it's underground music or mainstream pop music. And and I think it would be unfair to call Halsey mainstream pop music, even though, you know, it is it is, it's, you know, it's in the same way that like, I don't think anyone calls Nirvana Nevermind like, oh, pop music. Yo, it was easily the most popular record that came out that year. Straight you up know? pop music. Yeah, for that <laughs> era. Yeah. Correct. It was the most played, most popular, et cetera, et cetera. Um, At this point, oh, it's classic rock, which no one wants to admit, you know. <laughs> it 100% is classic rock. <laughs> um, when I see teens wearing Nirvana shirts, I'm like, huh, okay. Well, that's just the same as when. I was in high school and kids were wearing Led Zeppelin shirts. Which, exactly. Hey, I'm, I'm with that too. So, um, so no, I think this record is pop music, but influence wise, you can see that it's pulling from a lot of wells and that kind of hits that same. We've been circling this drain right now for a while, last few episodes for sure, where I know in my, 
vernacular, I always am kind of citing genre stuff. And, um, and I try to do that at a higher level because it starts to, it starts to paint a map for people like, okay, you can broadly say it's sort of like this. And then you, you, you zoom in and you zoom in and you zoom in and you give comparisons and you zoom in and you zoom in and zoom in and you get to a more specific point as well. Genres help you zoom in and give people an idea of what something is. And then you give comparisons and that can help start to kind of geolocate what something is more specifically. This is not an easy record to do that with other than with the broad label of pop music. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I um, I saw in an interview that I read was that she was talking about her influences because I'm always curious, especially with a record like this that has a lot of layers, um, you know, like what the actual artist is listening to. Yes. Um, and she was basically like, my mom listened to The Cure, Alanis Morissette, Nirvana, and my dad was listening to Notorious B.I.G., Slick Rick, Bone Thugs, and Tupac, you know? So it's like, you can see, well, first of all, going back to the old man thing, I know that we're not old, but it's just one of those things <laughs> where it's, it's, it's funny where it's the callback is always like 20 years, you know, oh, yeah. 20 oh, years yeah. earlier. Um, so that was one thing, but you know, it definitely has elements of all of it, you know? And I mean, the cure, like at this point, the cure, like they're obviously huge. Everybody knows who the cure. Well, maybe not everybody knows who the cure is, but you definitely know cure songs, you know? Um, yeah. Yes. They're, they got seeped into the culture enough through, uh, I mean, they probably have five to seven, like straight up songs that are played on the radio even today. Yeah, definitely. But it's, but it's one of those things too, where like, I love the cure. But, you know, some of The Cure's biggest albums have a lot of tracks that, like, they probably just recorded because they needed to fill an album out, you know? So, uh, you know, they were a pop band, just like any other, you know, pop band, I think. Um, yes. Uh, and this they is had, something they had singles that people, people were responding to. I think they probably had record label pressure to just, like, get the album out, you know? And as a result, some of the albums may have you know, been affected by that. And I think that that's like a lot of things have changed in music, but I, I think that that probably hasn't, you know, and I'm not, I'm not even saying that the Halsey record suffers from that. I, I, because it, it really feels actually like this album, she had a like complete creative control and was able to kind of do what she wanted with it. Um, yeah. who knows, but like, uh, it, it's just to make the point that, you know, pop music is not just like electronic dance music. It's, you know, it's kind of evolved over time, you know? Yeah, no, I, I think that's a really good point. Um, so, uh, and, and if anyone's doubting that this is pop music, um, uh, Rolling Stone, you know, that, that ancient antiquated former magazine, uh, gave the 50 best albums of 2020 so far. And in the top five, firmly entrenched is the Halsey Manic album. So kind of cool. Um, there you go. So let's go into actually what we thought of the record when we listened to it. So what I thought was that there were definitely like shining moments. I mean, there were there were songs on this that I actually like. Um, I don't even know if I should admit this, but I make I make. <laughs> This is another old man thing. I make seasonal mixtapes for myself. Nice. Um, So every season I make a collection of songs that, you know, I was listening to at the time. And 
the kind of logic behind it is that I, I have tapes that I made in like summer of 2008 and I can listen to that mixtape and you know, it kind of brings me right back to where I was at that point. Takes me um, away to another place. Yeah, it really does. Um, and it, it kind of jogs memories that I, you know, wouldn't have remembered otherwise. So it's something that I like to do. It's kind of like my own little tradition that I do for myself. Um, there are songs from this album that are on it. I'm nice. not gonna lie. So, I mean, like there are definitely tracks that I liked. I think that, um, my, you know, again, I feel like there should be a meme of me at this point, just being like the album is too long, but like, that's, you know, I always feel that way. Basically. Um, I feel like it could have been, it could have been like 40 minutes and it was, it was like 50 minutes or so. Um, that's right. That's right. So, so it's a little long for me. I think there could have been some songs that were cut, but, uh, overall I thought it was, it was strong. I think it was someone like really wearing their heart on their sleeve, putting it all out there, experimenting. And I think that like, it's the kind of thing where I think the next album she will have figured out kind of what worked from this and the next album will be stronger as a result of that. Yeah. Uh, my feeling is this was a superior pop record. Um, uh, the only true complaints I have with it are the things I could say about almost any pop record. And I, I'm not going to keep circling with that, but I'm, I'm trying to highlight it just here is that, <clears throat> So there, the flow can be lost here and there. There are songs that are like, mm, this one didn't hit me as strongly. But then there are songs that you listen to and you're like, oh, this is cool. This is raw or it feels emotional. But beyond that, you know, like, why does that matter? Because in a real sense, I'm not personally resonating with all this very much. But you can connect to the energy and the... Uh, personality that comes off this. I think this record really shines in those moments. And uh, and it's it's impressive to do that because a lot of times, especially for someone with, with my kind of ears, I feel a more personal attachment with things that are coming from a smaller place. Uh, the production's not as big, et cetera. So, so you almost have to harness personality to push a record to touch people better. This record's got the cleanest part of production you could imagine. I, you know, who knows what this is a gold plated studio, I'd imagine. But her personality shines through. Um, and you can feel that incredible voice, incredible talent, and um, some tracks for sure. Uh, I can't, I, I couldn't break it all down necessarily, but like there's some really impactful songs and stuff that's like, whoa, okay. You know, in I I will call back to the SZA record where we were talked about how struck we were by the emotional honesty. Um, I think this record doesn't get quite as raw nerve as that one do, does, but this hits some spots playfully and kind of in a kind of ratatat way does neat things with the lyrics that that. Uh, that I didn't expect, and I, I was I was really pleased with it, and that separate it from something that's just that's just a pop record. Yeah, yeah, I think so. What do you think about going through uh, track by track? We can do it. We can do it. We can do it. All right, let's do it. So, opener, Ashley. My thoughts: super strong. Um, I actually love this as an opener. 
um, really lush electronic beat. Um, but the, the kind of intensity in the chorus, I feel like it really hints at like what is to come. Um, I really liked it. I thought it was super strong. Ashley, um, pulled me in right away. I, I liked that song a lot. Um, was interesting was that I saw when I heard that, I was like, Oh, Ashley, Halsey, just, you know, the letters all mixed up. Even though when I was doing some research, I was like, Oh no, it's, it's a reference to the street in New York. Um, more so that's smart. I did not even think about that, but you're right. Oh yeah. 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 I always, I always, <laughs> I always invert letters and stuff all the time. So, there you so go. when she, she wrote the, the song title, Ashley, I was like, yeah, so that song really pulled me in. It was one of, yeah. It, what got me on that one was that it kind of moves quick and, but pulled me in all the same, you know, kind of like was cemented me on the record. So we're keeping that if we're, if we're record label execs. Yeah. yeah. We're Keep keeping it, that one. It. We're keeping cool. it. Um, Clementine, what do you think? This one, not as much for me. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think it kind of was a little more downbeat, and I like it when she's got more energy. So I wasn't into it. Yeah, I kind of felt the same way. Um, I feel like she got a little bit too experimental, too quick. Um, I think the next song could have been like had a little more energy. She like it kind of starts on a like down note and she brings it almost further down. I think she could have brought it up a little bit as an album, as a song. It also like trying to, you know, take my old man headphones off Um, as a song. It just, it also just doesn't really resonate with me. It's like kind of, uh, it's a little, it it feels like she's kind of talking her way through it. It's like a more, you know, confessional song. Um, Her voice in it, one of the interesting things about me not to pull it out too much, you know, but like Please. this album, I feel like she does a lot with her voice. I mean, she has a great, great voice. Um, but there are certain songs where her voice reminded me of, you know, other singers. Mm-hmm. But then like the next song, you know, it didn't really remind me of that singer that I was thinking of. So like for oh, this no, song, yeah. This song, like, I thought of a singer called Kate Nash, who's an English musician. Yeah, I very saw her. Kate Nash, yeah. Yeah, she's good. Um, I saw her do a set with Billy Bragg, actually, about 10 years ago. Um, oh, wow. Interestingly enough. But she, you know, it, it kind of this, like, really confessional talking through the song, but it's also, like, kind of a punk or, like, I don't know. It, it does feel kind of punk in a way in terms of spirit, mm-hmm. but, like, um, kind of talking through our emotions and things. Um, it reminded me of Kate Nash, but I and I like Kate Nash, but I didn't really love this song. So this is a ditch it. We'll say track two, Clementine. Yeah, ditch. ditch. Yeah. Track three, I'm keeping. I like Graveyard a lot. Um, sort of go in. Okay, so sort of reminds me in a weird way. Um, are you familiar with Dido? Yes. Okay, so there's a lot of elements of this where she hits center. Like, if she wanted, um, Halsey could pull into center and go more in the Dido direction where it's kind of like more electronic focus and and go there with a supreme voice vocal talent over it. And I thought that was kind of where it was for me on this song. Um, but still c- catchy. The hooks were good. Um 
kind of a weird song at the same time, but but this one I was all in on. Like this one I, I was feeling. Yeah, it's funny because this is straight up my favorite song on the album. Um, nice. All right, good. <laughs> yeah, I think um, for me, the the Dido thing is interesting. I didn't even think of that. I was thinking of Ellie Golding. Um, oh, sure. Yep. Who um, is, I think, a British singer. I could be wrong. I'm sorry. Um, but she uh, is, you know, one of those people that... I'm going to sound old, but you would know her songs if you heard them. They're, they're, they're hits. Yeah. Um, that, that's the way I know her. It's just, yeah. Much um, like, much like the single off this record. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So like, um, I had, I actually lived in Eastern Europe for two and a half, three years. And while I was living there, it was around 2008, 2010. Um, I really developed a, an appreciation for like, a certain type of pop music. Um, and yes. I can't really explain it, but it's like, it's a thing that is like huge in Europe, but it just doesn't really yes. fly as much over here. Um, so I call it Euro pop. I don't even know what it would be classified as, but this to me, like it, it was like exactly what I wanted well, um, yes. from that sort I, of genre. Yes. Um, it's, it's, it, I mean, I think I foot Dido squarely in that lane of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. Euro pop is a real thing. And yeah, um, yeah. I, I think that that's where I was like, oh, this Halsey record could be huge everywhere. You know, I think and she is. Yeah. I mean, she is huge everywhere. I when think you start so. seeing some of the names who are writers on this, there's a lot of uh, Scandinavian names. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep, that makes sense. Okay. Yep. Some OGs, some Laws Nagard, you know. So it's like, oh, yeah. Hoiberg, yeah. you know. Yeah. They know how to do it over there. <laughs> yes, they do. Um, <laughs> So, so uh, this was your favorite song on the record. Good. It's it's certainly right there for me. Yeah, um, I mean, it, just that sort of like dark, lush kind of production. I, like, it sounds great in a club, even though I am not the one to kind of go to clubs mm-hmm. really. Um, but it also sounds great like on headphones walking around the city. So smooth listen. Um, yeah. You know, it just uh, quite often we use the term "this just washes over me" as kind of a diss or not a diss, but a dig and say, eh, you know, it just doesn't stick. Um, This washes over me in the best kind of way because it just feels like it's just very smooth and you can kind of immerse yourself into it and then you come out of it feeling lighter. Like, okay, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Um, You should be sad. And this is kind of where we can get into the vocal talk. I think she takes the vocals and attacks them from a different angle on this one. Mm-hmm. certainly from from graveyard and uh there's more there's more inflection uh there's a little more you know not sass but you know personality up front she pitches she peaks a little bit yeah. higher and um and it feels it, there's no country in this song and there's no twang but it almost feel like there's some vocal cues that are coming from from uh female country vocals mm-hmm. that I would cite in this song, You Should Be Sad, which uh, doesn't stray too far from conceptually from the the content either. Yeah. No, I'm right there with you. Um, uh, one of the things that I thought about was uh, there was a guy named Avicii. Um, and again, our, I know that our listeners at this point come from kind of all over um, every yes. different kind of genre, you know, people who 
are older, younger, everything else. So I say all of this, if I'm making caveats, like, and you know who this is and I sound like an idiot, I'm sorry, but whatever. Um, Context so is good. It's was, so important you know, to give people that, you know? Yeah, yeah. So Avicii, Swedish electronics musician, um, he died of an unfortunate suicide, RIP, in uh, 2018. Um, but he he's one of those dudes that produced records, made songs that, you know, if you're not familiar with the name, you would like undoubtedly know not only his songs, but songs that he produced. Um, it's one of those songs that I heard where I was like, oh, that dude like had like really lasting influence, you know, where it's kind of, it's like dance music, but like based on kind of like folky, like there's like a folky element to it, you know? Yep. Um, and this was, this to me just reminded me of like something that he would have produced had he still been alive. You know, um, I think it was a good song. It, her, her, I said Ellie Goulding about the last mm-hmm. song, the last song, I think the production reminded me of Ellie Goulding, but this one, like her voice actually sounds exactly like her. To yeah. Me. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like the track. I didn't, I didn't love it, but I think um, it's a keeper to me. I yeah, keep it's cool. it. It's cool. Keep it. The next two, Forever is a Long Time and Dominic's Interlude. If you want to split them up, please. I'm not in love with either. Forever is a Long Time feels just kind of like, like a, a hey, we need we need a track. Okay. Yeah, and mean, then Dominic's Interlude is quite quite literally an interlude. It's pleasant, it's fine, it's but it's not do, it's not moving the needle for me. Yeah, I mean Forever is a Long Time, it's it's literally split in half where it's like it starts, you know, with her actually singing and it feels like it's going to build into a song and then it kind of turns into like straight vibe. Like it's, it's this really beautiful, like kind of melancholy piano piece that kind of breaks into. But yeah, I mean, um, it's cool. I don't know. And then Dominic's interlude. Um, yeah, it sounds like it kind of, it, it made me feel like it was an ELO song at first and then it turned into like a beach boy song. Yeah, it was, it was just kind of weird. Like, I get what she was trying to do. She was trying to just like break it up and like have it kind of flow. But for me, like, I feel like you can lose them. Yeah, I, yeah, that was it. Was nothing to me. Um, I hate everybody. Do you want to start on that? Um, it was you know breakup song, familiar kind of sentiment. Um, but. I don't know. It didn't really hit me. I mean, to me, honestly, this one kind of washed over me in the way that is not as complimentary. Yes. Uh, this one to me uh, is the most, there's some um, modern R&B cues, some of the piano type things. Vocally, she's hitting these spots that fall between like 90s R&B and then like early 2000s pop. Um you know, the kind of thing that you'd hear that's like, oh, this is a, you know, Vanessa Carlton almost, you know, like, <laughs> it's like, okay, this is a pleasant song, but if I listen to this album, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna vibe, but um, like, or, or you could put, go, oh, this could clearly be pulled apart and used as a laundry commercial, um, yeah. like a fabric softener kind of thing. <clears throat> um, like, oh yeah, this is the the commercial with the clouds dancing in it. Okay. Uh, didn't, didn't do anything for me. But yeah, content-wise, I think there was supposed to be a contrast in the kind of softness to the song and then the, I hate everybody, you know, like, um, yeah, it's a ditcher for me. Yeah, same. 
3 a.m. Um, this is one that it's really hard for me to take my old man headphones off. I'm not going to lie because it's one of those songs that I think to my ears, I was like, this is the hit. This is the biggest song on the record. But I also yes. know that I'm old and my sentiments are different, right? So like, I think this song would have been huge in the 90s. Um, but I don't know. I don't even think that it's the biggest song, you know, like it's, it's definitely not one of the biggest songs on this record. Yeah. Like the, um, it has this real, like, it feels like, I mean, there's like a live band playing. Yep. Um, it, um, I don't know. It, uh, it, it feels like I could have seen it on a Beavis and Butthead episode. I, 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 um, could have been a soundtrack song, you know, like, uh, this could have been a soundtrack song and like, uh, 10 things I hate about you for sure. Um, She's all that. Yeah. She's all that for sure. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a vocal kind of like, uh, you know, scat like, that's super memorable. And yeah, I like, to me, this is a keeper. Um, I don't know if it totally resonates, but it's, it's like, wait, how come this wasn't a single, you know? Cause I'm hearing yeah. single. Yeah. I mean, um, it might not be my lead single, but this would have been a good single to like break third market, you know? Yeah. I mean, I do know that I think, um, she was hit up on Twitter a lot about this. Just like the idea being like, was this actually real? Like, were you actually, you know, kind of texting people at 3am and yeah. she actually came out and said like, yeah, it was like, I wrote this like when I got home from the bar basically. Um, and I like, I wanted to talk to people because I didn't want to be alone with my thoughts, which is something that I think is super relatable in general. Um, at this point right. I'm typically asleep at 3am. So oh, for me, oh, not sure. super relatable, but you know, um, <laughs> but I think everyone's been there at one point, the for sure. uh, yeah. middle of the night, like, Oh, I'm by myself feeling, all right, um, the next track, and that's all a keeper, right? 3M, we're in on? Super, totally a keeper. Yeah, I think it's a good song. Maybe a top three song on the record. Um, yeah. Without Me, this is the big hit. Without Me, where, uh, where second favorite song on the record. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah it comes it comes right after Graveyard. Super catchy, like almost undeniably catchy. Uh, did you know Justin Timberlake worked on the song? I did not know that. Jay Timberlake. Um, this is a song that you're going to hear if, uh, you know, like it's almost like I'm trying to think cause I'm like, you know, it's not something where I heard it on TV. I don't listen to the radio anymore, but it's almost like it's bumper music for YouTube ads or something. You know, like it's just, you're going to hear this song. Um, I actually, I, re- I read a not so complimentary review that, um, made me think of something. It was, it, well, it didn't make me think of something, but it, it mentioned the fact that, it's it's the songs that you hear when you're in an Uber or a Lyft. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, that sounds right. Too. Which you know, <laughs> it's fine. You know, I mean, some people like it, some people don't, but it's just like it's acceptable to everybody, essentially. That's right. That's right. And I mean, I think it's um, certainly hits that kind of like dancier side of the Euro pop thing that we've talked about. Yeah, um, but I mean, for me, it's like. It's it's the kind of more melancholy like pop music that I can totally get down with. I actually really like this stuff. Like if the whole album had been composed of graveyard and like without me type songs, I would be I would be in. Agree. Uh, 
now the left turn from that song, uh, the track "Finally Beautiful Stranger." Yeah, um, cool. I would have dropped it, honestly. Um, <laughs> this is it, the yeah. This I, is the I, like I guitar like it track. Been, it could have been another like nine. I think I th- I feel like in the nineties it would have been like a hit, and I think that like she's wearing her influences on her sleeve. Yeah, which is interesting. Um, really confessional again. I mean, the whole album was confessional, but um, I don't know. It didn't really hit it for me. It's it sort of falls in this space. Um, hmm, hmm, hmm. Uh, Fiona Apple comes to mind. Um, yeah. Uh, who, who I was, was thinking Alanis Morissette. I was thinking um, a, a, a slight Amy Winehouse kind of vibe on there too. Yeah. Um, you know this this like dark, soft, pretty song that's pretty simple, but like clearly is still like pop sensibility. Um, I actually wouldn't. I wouldn't ditch it. I'd keep it. I was all right with it. All right. The Alanis interlude. And this one's kind of like sort of, I don't know. This was the only other thing that I really came across with this record where I was like, huh, that's interesting, which is the, the lyrical content on this song kind of struck a, struck a chord. Okay. Do you know anything about this? I don't really know. Okay. So it, um, the lyrics are cause he and she is her and her and he are loved. And I have never felt the difference because he and she is her and her and he are loved a child in all these labels. So it's sort of, um, in this kind of interesting way where, uh, identity politics and sexual gender ID kind of things are, are really big. Um, this, some, some people came out and were like, Hey, this is like a, a bisexual anthem. You know, and I actually think that's cool. I, I thought it was a, a neat note on the song. The song itself, to be very honest, take it or leave it. I, I was didn't really move me one way or the other. Um, even though I was, I went into it excited as an Alana's head. Um, but I did appreciate the note on that. It was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I, I always appreciate it. Whether that was the artist's intent or not, if it kind of made a a positive uh, arrow tilt for 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 people who are, are still quite a marginalized group in this country. For sure, I'm all about the message. I didn't know that at all. Um, yeah. I think that's great. Um, but the track is it a track? Yeah, it's not a track for me. Not a track. All right. Um, uh, and I mean, I, I I did think. I mean, again, it's just one of those things where I'm like, wow, like she really like was listening to Alanis Morissette and the way that like when you and I were kids, we were listening to like yes. Zeppelin, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's true. so funny. So like, yeah, she got Alanis on the track, which just like a big get, you know, it's great. Um, but yeah, as a track, it just really didn't do much for me. Yes. The next song killing boys. This is Dido to me. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah. I mean, it had that kind of like Timbaland was getting big at the time. Um, and to me, it was like Timbaland production. Um, oh, sure, for sure. Yeah, me that, of like kind of like weird yeah, subtle drum stuff going on. Yeah, exactly. Like it would have been on like Timberlake records at the time, or like Dido records at the time. Um, a little darker, a little sped up, but like mm-hmm. um, at the same time. And I like Timberland in general, but 
the song didn't really grab me. I don't know. It's okay. I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it. My my record might be a little longer than yours. I think All it right. is. My records are always short, dude. You should know that. <laughs> Yo, I mean, both our records are always short, but I'll even cut one. songs that I like. I just I want it to be a short record. <laughs> I, I'm yo, uh, there's no brevity in the modern era is very important. Uh, Sugar's interlude. So this one, um, I think it's super cool. Like, so Sugar is from a group called BTS, who are a K-pop band, uh, South Korean pop group. Yes. Um, that genre has, you know, kind of slowly been making waves in America. They're kind of like breaking through at this point. I think it's like kind of established, established that they have already broken through, um, which is great. I think, um, that being said, again, it's one of those things like I'm, I'm into kind of the vibe of it, but like as a track, I don't know. Um, it, it kind of felt like a bridge. Like it didn't really feel the, the vibe of the song was cool. It was like vibey, but I don't know as a track, I feel like it didn't really contribute all that much. Yeah. And maybe that's why they're tagging the interlude tag on these. Cause it's like, yeah, yeah. These almost feel incomplete. Yeah. I'm with it. This song didn't, didn't move me at all. It just was, it was fine. It just, um, many times when you listen to music, is there anything that pulls you in? What is it? You try to think about it. Nothing, nothing grabbed me on this one. Yeah. More. Next song, more. Um, I would say it's a keeper. Uh, cool vibe. Um, I feel like it basically accomplished what... It, it accomplished like the vibe that they were going on or going for on Suga's interlude, the song before it. Yeah. Um, but it had like a better hook and I felt like it actually took you to a place, you know, that the interlude didn't, which I guess that's why it's an interlude, but, um, (laughs) better. All right. Um, I would keep it. It wasn't, it wasn't one of my favorite tracks, but like, but I would keep it. I think it's strong. Better hook. Um, the softer part of that song did nothing for me and kind of felt like, like uh, toe tap Sonic the Hedgehog toe tap through the pop album to me. <laughs> um, so I was, I was out. Um, Talk about old man references. I, well, yo, come on, man. The kids got memes. Is um, Sonic still around? Yeah. Yeah. Man. Right. He just had a major motion picture last year. buddy. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was such a hit. Yo, do you know the whole story with that? Could go on a very weird sidebar. Yeah, no, um, I'm happy to. I mean, I well, I know that they, they put out the trailer and yes. the animation on it was so bad that they literally like made all of their, you know, animators work overnight for like three weeks to completely redo the whole movie. Yes. Um, but how the movie ended up doing, I, I have no idea. Is it even out? Uh, it came out. It's, it's, um, um, it did pretty well. Uh, let me pull this. Did off you see later. it? I did not see it. It did. Um, wow. Um, it did 306.8 million uh, worldwide box total, 146 in the U.S., 160 uh, globally. Um, let's see. I want to see if I can get the – did Sonic – okay. No, did Sonic – against all odds, Sonic wasn't a financial failure. Opening theaters the past weekend easily took the top spot at the box office, setting a new all-time record for largest opening weekend for a video game adaptation. First and foremost, Sonic the Hedgehog is considered a good movie. Pretty sure it opened Valentine's weekend, opened on Valentine's actually, 
and a friend took his fiance and they were going basically because they never do anything for Valentine's and they we're like, you know what? Let's go do this. And this is silly. Let's go see Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> Valentine's Day. And they went and they said, yo, it was good. <laughs> so, uh, wow. so right. let's see, and let's, the, the question everyone's coming to us for, will there be a Sonic movie, Sonic the Hedgehog 2? What's your guess? Uh, no. Yes, there is. It got no green surprise. On May 28th, 2020, Paramount and Sega uh, officially confirmed that Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is in development with the director and both writers returning. Wow. Wow. Is Jim Carrey coming back? Oh, wow. That's that's the question everyone needs to know. Um, let's see. I guess I guess I will click this link to see about <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Um no I just don't word. remember the last time I saw Jim Carrey in a movie, and I thought it was so funny that he would come back for that movie. All right. Well, you know what? Uh, if we if we start a sidebar Patreon, we might need to do uh, a Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie. Deep dive. Yeah, yeah deep dive. So um, get, your, get your ears ready for that. Um, back to Halsey. Um, <laughs> still learning? Uh, I like this track a lot, actually. Um, I would keep this, again, it kind of kind of that like darker pop vibe um i would it's it's probably in my top five of the album so yeah i would definitely keep it man you you have now i think you've eclipsed my length because more and still learning didn't really do too much for me i I just didn't move the needle however the last song 929 did um and it's kind of funny because the first time i heard it i was like i don't know about this but it's uh, it's manic, it's silly, it's light, it's almost dreamy in certain parts of it. Um, but I liked it because I thought it was kind of this interesting reflection of the artist, and uh, again had that emotional honesty and rawness that I appreciate, um, even in uh, dreamy pop music. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she definitely like pulls the curtain back on this one, um, even talking about like you know, being a pop star and buying a house and, you know, yeah. trying to escape, you know, thinking that like having money is going to figure it all out. And obviously it never does. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, um, I, I, I did feel like it was a perfect closer, especially when you, you know, kind of line it up against the, the opening song. Um, Yo, agree. Really good point. Yeah. So cool song. I would keep it. Yeah. Yo, I felt the same way actually. Like when I first heard it, I w- I was not super into it, but I listened to the album probably three times in full, and I was by the end I was in. I was like, this actually is like a perfect encapsulation of like everything that happened on this album. So I don't think it's fair for us to say this should be an entry point, but if you've never heard Halsey, I think this is a fine place to start. Like, yeah, um, I don't know. If you like some of the things we reference, it's worth checking this record out. Yeah. Um, if you're here because you really liked our Monster Magnet episode, <laughs> uh, this might not be for you. That said, um, I had more fun listening to this record than I expected. Uh, I found more depth in it. And overall, pretty good. Solid solid listen. Yeah, I think... Um... Cut 20 minutes off. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i mean to bob's point you know 
if you listen to the Misfits episode, Monster Magnet episode, and that's what you're here for, like, yeah. yeah, and you're not interested in like what's happening in the contemporary music world, like, don't even bother. But like, oh, hey, good point, really good point. But that being said, uh, I think, you know, I don't know, people. I, I think, you know, in my worst moments, as I've come of age, I've thought of pop music as being like kind of vapid and like having really no purpose but i think this record like completely it's just one of those records that completely disproves that i mean like these are people writing songs that have feelings just like everybody else and they're expressing them in ways that might not sound like the misfits but they sound like what they want it to sound like you know so i think like check it out there might be something that uh that you relate to you know for sure for sure i think this you know what and maybe it's even a better compliment i think this record might open doors uh, for someone who is young and discovering music to peek at other types of stuff they might like. Because there is, like, uh, this could be seen as a negative or a positive. The record jumps around a bit. There are a lot of different sounds happening. Um, and when the cohesion is found, I'm with it. And sometimes some of the more eclectic stuff works and sometimes it doesn't. However, to young ears that can often spell like, hey, I really like this song. Let me try to find music like this. And that's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's definitely a lot of directions you can take from this. So yeah, check it out. All right. Well, yo, um, thank you everybody for joining us. Uh, you can reach us by email at... It came from njpod at gmail.com. And on social media, on Instagram... Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at it came from NJ pod. Um, we've been loving everything that you guys have been sending. Thank you for all the compliments. Thank you for all the feedback. Thank you for all the, uh, recommendations. Oh, and, uh, and yeah, uh, because some of you already clued into this, but the like rate and review thing that does matter. So that's cool. Appreciate that. Um, and we'll be back with you guys, uh, not too long with some more cool music from New Jersey. See you next time. Thanks.